If you ever want to be able to soar, you've got to have vision. Five eight three seven. Don't get weary. Amen. 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 Ah, oh, it's a beautiful day out there today, and today's message is a little bit. Um, it's a deviation again from the series that I was in, but God has directed me in a, in a different manner. I was actually sitting in service on Thursday. I had the the next episode of the series really all prepared, and, and He spoke and. God said these words. He says, during the past week, someone in your congregation has gotten weak. They've been hit with some heavy stuff that has them both weak in body and strength. Now, I don't know who that is. I don't have any insight on who it is. I only know that it is. And sometimes I know God will send a message and it'll just be for one person, just as when Jesus went to the pool of Bethesda, And there were five porches of sick people, and he only healed one person. Sometimes God will send a message for one. Sometimes I know the message is for me. I ain't weak right now. I feel real good. I've had a real good week. It's just been awesome stuff. It's going great. So it's not me. And some of you may have had a real good week last week, too. And if you've had just a real good week, everything just going super. Turn to the person next to me. Tell me, it's not me. So if it's not you, it's not you. But now if it is you and you feel weak, you feel tired, you're weak in both body and spirit and your strength has been drained and these past few days have been rough, this is the message that God is sending for you. And I do not know who you are, so don't worry about Pastor. Pastor, this can see right through me. I have no idea who this is. And sometimes it may not even be a person in the physical congregation because we have a lot of faithful people who will really watch the broadcast live every single service. So it could be someone who is actually in the congregation, but they're not physically here in the building. So I don't know who this is for, but whoever it is for, God sees your situation. He knows. And today's message is for you. Bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much. We thank you for all that you've done, for all that you shall do. Father, we're just proud to be your children, and we pray that we shall do our best to continue to be faithful unto you, to walk where you shall walk, to walk, to look where you say look, to speak what you say speak, and simply to do what you say do. And as we do and as we go, we know that you shall be with us, dear Father. We thank you for everything that you have done. In thy son Jesus' name we pray, and I pray that you take full control of my mind, my body, and my spirit, that every word that I shall speak be from you and of you. In thy son Jesus' name, open the hearts and minds of the people that they shall hear and receive. Amen. Amen. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the Word. And today's message is coming from a scripture that we've all heard countless times before. It's Isaiah 
40:31, and this is the NIV version. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. This was a verse sent to a people who had been in exile, who had been in captivity in the country of Babylon for 70 years. And here they'd been locked up by Babylon all this time and and they were tired. They were tired of captivity. They were tired of oppression. And see, 70 years is a long, long time. 70 years is enough time to grow up. It's enough time to get married. It's enough time to have children. And it's even enough time to have grandchildren. They had been in bondage. They had been in captivity for 70 years. And, and here Isaiah comes to them and says, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. After 70 years, they will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And here these people been in bondage this long, and here Isaiah speaks this prophetic word to them. Now, for today, God told me as I was researching this, and I was actually going to use the King James Version. He said, no, I want you to use the NIV Version. Now, some people have some issues with modern versions of the Bible. The NIV is actually, in every instance I have checked but one instance, the NIV is always more accurate to the original Hebrew and to the original Greek. But some folk are just stuck on the King James Version. You know, if not King James, but God just didn't see it. All of them are translations. And none of them are actually original verbiage, original scripture, original wording. They're all translated from the original Greek, the original Hebrew, or the original Aramaic. So the NIV, in virtually every instance that I have checked and compared it against the original, it is more accurate. And the other thing, I don't know a single person that has woken up naked in sin due to a translation. I just don't know it. I, I don't know any situation was passed. I just messed up because I was reading this verse in the Bible and it was just translated and it told me to do this when it really meant this. I don't know a single case where anybody has woken up butt naked and singing due to a translation. Usually we understand the word no matter how it's translated. We understand it real clear. We just don't do what it says. But God told me that use the NIV version And I want to even show you some of the differences between the two. The NIV, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. The King James Version says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. The actual Hebrew word is a word for wait called kalval. And it means to bind together, perhaps by twisting to expect. So here it says, those who hope in the Lord, those who are bound together, those who expect, those who have their faith twisted together with what God has said, they shall renew their strength. Then at the NIV, they will soar on wings like eagles. The King James says they shall mount up with wings as eagle. That word mount in the original Hebrew is the word Allah. It means to ascend, to arise, to go up. So the NIV version actually is more accurate in in every case. But here these verses, they represent 
the three stages or positions in life for those who hope in the Lord. And, and when you are in the Lord, it does not mean life is just easy all of the time. Absolutely not. But they represent the three positions in life. First, we soar on wings as eagles and fly. It's sometimes we're just on top of the world. You know, everything's working. Everything is just going right. We feel good. We're looking good. There's plenty of money in the bank. You know, everything going smooth and at home. You know, just your breath smelling sweet. Everything's going right. And, and there are times when we soar as eagles, when we're just above all of the problems of the earth, and we feel almost invincible and invulnerable, and we feel fantastic. We just feel good. There's not a pain in our body. There's not a pain in our mind. There's not a pain in our spirit. There are times when we feel like we are soaring above it all, and we just feel like eagles flying high. And then there's a second position where we run, but we're not getting weary. We're not flying, but we are running. And there are times when we have a goal in mind, when we haven't reached the top, but we're climbing, we're running, we're pushing. And because, we, you know, when you've got something that really excites you, you don't get tired in this thing. When you've got something where you can see the fruition coming of, of what you're working on, you can work all day and all night and, and week after week after week, and there's, some, there's an enthusiasm, there's an energy, there's a power with it that, because you can see the outcome, you can see what's coming, you can see the goal, and, and as a result, you're tireless in this endeavor. It gives you just power and strength, and it gives you the will to go on with a smile and with a joy. That's running. And you don't even get weary. You're not flying, but you're running. And you're running strong and you're running good. And then some of us right now, we're in position one or we're in position two. But the message for today is for that person who is in position number three. And sometimes it's all that we can do to walk through life and not get faint. Now this is one verse where the, the King James differs from the NIV. The NIV, it says that they shall run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. The King James says they shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. There's a big difference in walking and not being faint being faint basically means that you're, you're weakened. You're, you're lacking energy. You lack drive. You just feel like a wet dish rag. And, and you don't have power. You don't have strength. You're just tired and you're just weary. To faint means you actually just fall out. So the King James is actually more accurate because the word actually does mean weary. It doesn't mean that you just fall out. Now, you can be so weary that you just faint, but generally fainting in its modern vernacular simply means to lose consciousness. And it is not that we lose consciousness. We're just tired. And we're tired because we have run so long, but yet the goal still seems to be way out of reach. And it's not coming any closer. And, and, and we've been running, and, and after you have run so long, you have to start walking. 
I am a runner. I, I run half marathons, which is 13.1 miles. And there is a point when people run long distances. It's called the wall. If you run a full marathon, most people who run full marathons, which is a double a half marathon, it's 26.2 miles, they generally will hit what's called the wall at about 17 miles. And when they get to 17 miles, it just looks like somebody just pulled the plug out of their energy and you just, you start just getting weakened and your breath comes short and, and you just don't have the energy and the drive and, and it goes through something biologically called the Krebs cycle and you have to get back and get re-energized and it's what's called getting your second win but you hit the wall. I run half marathons. I, I hit the wall at nine miles. Seven miles past the good. And I remember the last one that I, that I ran, and I was running with the group, and all of them much younger because you often will run by time to groups. And, and I was actually running with this group that was faster than I'd ever run before. But I said, look, if I'm going to get faster, I need to run with somebody who is faster. And at about two miles, the leader of the group looked back and said, everybody holding up good. You all looking good back there. I said, check with me in 10 mi at 10 miles. And I learned, first of all, what you speak has a power to manifest. And when I hit nine miles, I was dead right in the center of the group. But about nine and a quarter miles, the wall hit. And my energy just started dropping and my, the wave of fatigue just came over me. And I start dropping further and further back from the group. And by the time I hit the 10-mile mark, the group was way ahead of me. So sometimes we're running for a season, but our energy gives out. And life's circumstances, the hills of life, the hills get too steep. And there's someone I'm, I'm talking to right now. And you're just tired. And you're at the nine-mile mark. You done dealt with this thing for a long time. See, most of the things that break our spirit and break us down, it's not stuff that just happens over a day or two. This stuff has been going, and we've been battling it so long, and, and we're running a marathon through life, and, and we just get tired of it. And sometimes we get tired, and we forget, and we lose sight of God. God and we lose our hope in God and, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll say these words that, that are all too familiar that our Savior said, Father, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? When you hang in a certain situation for a certain length of time, even though you know God is real, even though you know God is with you, the pain becomes so great. The dealing with it for so long, you, you lost so much and you bled so much that you have to ask, Father, Father, where are you? And there's someone within the sound of my voice right now, and you're at that point. And, and you want to know, what do I do? I'm, I'm tired. How do I win this race? How do I keep running? What do I do? How do I rise up and soar like an eagle? How do I get this done? How do I not get weary and give up? I want to just give you some facts about the eagle. When God uses this particular animal to describe some things, I want you to understand some traits of that particular bird who happens to be the national bird of America, I want you to understand some traits about this thing called an eagle. Number one, 
An eagle mates for life. If you are fortunate enough to marry an eagle, that eagle going to be there for life. Uh, an eagle mates for life. Now, now, that may not sound like a big deal, but one of the biggest things that can drain your energy is relationship. An eagle mates for life. So that's number one when you're bound together with something that you have made a commitment to. An eagle mates for life. Number two, an eagle uses the same nest for its whole life. Eagle don't even be switching houses. Eagle don't be switching churches. An eagle stay in the same nest. Eagle don't even be switching jobs. Now, now I'm not telling you that you know not to move from house. I, I, I don't live in the same house I started in. Not even the second house or the third house. I'm not telling you not to, not to move houses. I'm not telling you not to transition jobs. I'm just telling you an eagle don't. An eagle is stable in relationship and position and place. And there's something about stability that allows you to weather storms. Number three, both parents take care of the young with an eagle's family. It ain't no situation where it's a single parent household. Both parents take care of the young with an eagle. And number four, at three months... They get special feathers for flying and a new learning experience begins. The mother eagle will fly into the nest and she begins to thrash around causing a great commotion. She stirs up the nest. Eventually, one of the babies will fall out of the nest and begin heading for the ground. But they've never flown before. And they're not really sure what to do, but they do a whole lot of flapping while heading straight down. Just before the baby hits the ground, the mother eagle flies underneath in order to catch the baby on her wings, and she flies him back and puts him in the nest. Then she starts flapping around, stirs up the nest again, knocks the baby out. He's flapping down, falling to the ground. She flies down, catches the baby on her back, on the, on the back of her wings, and brings her back up to the nest. Repeats it all over again until that little eagle learns how to fly. Deuteronomy 32.11 talks about this. Deuteronomy 32.11 says, Like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them on its pinions. That's the story of how an eagle teaches a little bitty baby eagle to fly. Now the problem is this. You all say the problem. While you're learning to fly, it's not pleasant. You're being booted out of the nest, out of somewhere where you're comfortable, you're falling down. There are very few fears that are intrinsic to human nature. There are really only two things that, that you're born with. It's the fear of loud noises and the fear of falling. Those are the only two. Every, everything, every other fear you got developed through some part of your environment. But you're only born with two basic fears, the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. So this fear of falling for this little young eaglet is intrinsic. It's, it's natural. So here the mama done booted it out of the net. It's falling way down at a rapid rate. And it's just flapping, came scared to death. Sometimes, like an eagle stirs up the nest. See, see some of you are going through what you think is a fall. You're going through what you think is turmoil. It's just the eagle stirring up the nest. 
And it's booting you out of the nest so that you can learn to fly, so that you can soar. And you will never soar until you first learn to fly. But learning to fly is sometimes a painful and often a scary process that's not pleasant. And none of us would voluntarily choose to do it. If that baby eagle had his choice, so mama don't do this, don't push me out of this nest. If, if that baby eagle had its choice, it would never leave the nest. Many of us would never undergo anything that's tough and rough to train our spirits, to train our minds, to train us how to handle some adversity. Many of us would never do that if we weren't booted out of that nest. So some of us are going through some things just because we've got to learn how to fly. Number five An eagle has sharp vision and can see a rabbit from two miles away. That eagle can see. And and really, if you ever want to be able to soar, you've got to have vision. You've got to have vision to see some things in the future of your life, to see where you're going. One of the things we often deal with, we're dealing with young people, and one of the things they're sometimes so in, in a whirlwind about is a vision for their future. They cannot see where they want to go. And we deal with youth, but adults are the same way a lot of times. Pastor, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know where I want to go. I'm just kind of wondering. I don't have vision. An eagle can see a rabbit two miles away. Number six, they can soar up to two miles high and fly up to 100 miles an hour. When an eagle has to move, an eagle can move. When God has given you something, when you see the rabbit, you need to be able to move. You know, you will never eat a rabbit talking about the rabbit. And sometimes that's the way some Christians are. Child, that look real good over there. Yeah, that's an opportunity over there. Yeah, we can see it. Mm -hmm. That's some good opportunity. You will never get that rabbit if you don't move and move quick. And with some of us, God has placed a rabbit right in our field of vision. And we waiting on God to kill the rabbit, skin the rabbit, cook the rabbit, and then serve the rabbit to us on a plate. All God is going to do is show you the rabbit. And he'll show you the rabbit and you have to get up. That, that's why he wanted me to read that NIV. Because sometimes we get those who wait on the Lord. And that's really what we do. I'm just waiting on the Lord. I'm sitting here waiting. No, no, no. You put your hope in the Lord. But when, when God gives you a vision and he gives you a destiny, you got to get up and you got to soar. And you got to fly. And you got to move with that thing. Number seven, they have a separate eyelid that slides across their eye sideways in order to keep the eye clean and free from dust as they fly. Do you know stuff will distract you from your vision and your destination? All kind of stuff will get in your eye that will keep you from getting to where God has for you to go. And that's the one of the best tools of the devil is to keep you from getting to a place to show you another place that looks pretty good. And that stuff that looks pretty good, you go to look. That's why you have to put blinders on a horse because they'll look all kind of ways and they'll see all kind of stuff. And they never will get because they're looking at all this kind of stuff. See, an eagle, an eagle got an, an, a separate eyelid that slides across and clears his vision. Some of you just, some of you sometimes when you're going some places and you see something and me, mm, so some, some of you all, you just need to do this. You just need to do this. And, and, and you can just imagine, this is that eagle eyelid coming across, clear, getting, getting all this dust and dirt out of my eye so I don't go the way I'm, I'm not supposed to go. And if we can keep our vision clear, keep our focus on where we're supposed to go, then we'll be able to soar to the heights that God wants us to go. 
Number eight, eagles do not fly like other birds. They don't flap their wings, but rather soar. Flapping their wings would use so much more energy if they didn't soar. Instead, they sit on a high ledge and wait for the right currents to come. When the time is right, they take off and soar upward effortlessly because they have waited for the right time. So an eagle can sit there, but they're not asleep. They're waiting and they are prepared for the opportunity. And the minute the opportunity comes, the eagle moves. This last thing about an eagle, and this is particularly relevant to so many of us. When eagles are about 60 years old, they go through a renewal process. They find a secret place high in the mountains and they begin to claw at their face and they tear out the feathers that have been damaged over the years. An eagle has about 7,000 feathers. So they claw at their face and they tear out all of the damaged feathers. And as a result, the eagle bleeds real bad. But this is necessary for the eagle in order to renew its strength. If it did not do this, it would not be able to live its normal lifespan. The normal lifespan of an eagle is around 120 years. But when it gets to 60, the eagle said, I got to get rid of all of this damaged and bad stuff that's on me. Some of you right now need to pluck out the bad and damaged stuff that's on you. You got some covering and you got some stuff, you got some hurt, you got some pain, you got some resentment, you got some unforgiveness, you got some of this stuff that's on you and you will never live the length or the quality of life that God means for you carrying all that stuff. But it's, it's tough to get it off. Plucking it out sometimes is almost causes blood and, and pain and discomfort. It's like getting out of that nest and learning to fly. And sometimes some of us, even at 60 years old, need to renew some things. And maybe you need to renew this at the half point in life. The half point in life for the average person in America is around 40. And at 40, you might just need to get in the mirror and say, what do I need to pluck out of my life? What do I need to pluck out of my spirit so that I can make it to where God has for me to go in full joy and contentment? What do I need to remove? What feathers, what covering do I have that's damaged that I need to take off? See, sometimes we're weary And we're wearying from walking because we're carrying so much extra weight and so much baggage and it's emotional and psychological from all of this past stuff that we just need to let go because you can't fly with all that stuff on you. So God wants to just take us to to another level. In 490 B.C. in ancient Greece, a soldier named Philippides ran all the way from Sparta to Athens, and these are Grecian cities, to get reinforcements for the war. He fought in the war for two days, then ran 26.2 miles back to Athens from Marathon. He was so tired that he collapsed when he arrived. Now, he ran from Athens to Marathon, and that's where we get the name of that long 26.2-mile run called a Marathon. And when this runner got back to Marathon and he collapsed, he was so tired, he could only say one word. And the one word that Philippides said, everyone knows. You know the word, but you don't know the meaning of the word. 
See, there's, and it's kind of even like sometimes with God, and it's not God's word. This is a worldly word. You all know the word, but you don't know the meaning of the word. The one word that Philippides said after running that 26.2 miles, after fighting in battle for two days, he had run all the way from one city to the battle, fought two days in the battle, then ran 26.2 miles back, and he was just tired. He collapsed. He said one word. The one word that Philippides said was Nike. Nike is the Greek word for victory. Now, all of us know the shoe. That's what all of us knew. Matter of fact, Nike is the number one selling shoe brand in the world. And it comes from that. Most people, you you wear the shoes, but but you don't understand the meaning. Some of y'all need some Nikes on. Now, I don't mean the actual shoe. I'm not endorsing Nike, but I mean you need some Nikes on just in terms of what the word means. And this means this man ran this race. He fought the battle, ran this race. He ran to the limit till he got to the destination, and he collapsed to the destination, but he still had strength enough to say that one word, victory. And you need to run your race. You need to hang in there whether you have to run, whether you have to walk, whether you have to limp, or whether you have to crawl. You see, the problem that that so many of the modern young world has now is they give up. That's why the suicide rate is so high. Suicide rate now has skyrocketed among young folk because they can't endure and they can't walk and they can't run to the end. They just say, I'm going to give up, and the fools don't understand. That is no way out because you don't know what's on that other side. But I can guarantee you it ain't no easy side if you done blown your brains out. So they don't have the endurance because they have lost their hope in the Lord. And for those who are weary, You've got to put your hope back in the Lord, but you've got to be obedient to what he says to do. And when your hope is back in the Lord, he will fulfill just as he told Isaiah. And he told Isaiah, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Renew their strength. I don't care how old you are. You can renew your strength, but you will not renew your strength laying down. I can pretty much guarantee you that. Matter of fact, laying out, you will get weaker. That's one of the goals that I have in my life. I'm, I'm 63 years old right now, but I have a goal to be stronger, faster, and have more endurance than I've ever had in my life. And it's absolutely possible. I'm on my way now, but it's not easy. It takes some feather pulling to get that done. But you can renew your strength. There's no such thing, I'm just too old. No, you ain't too old. You may be too lazy, but you're not too old. They're two different things. And you need to recognize the truth of that thing. You may be too lazy, but you're not too old. So you can do and you can renew your strength. But those who hope in the Lord, and see, part of that, part of it, the hope in the Lord is doing what God has told me to do. So when you do what God has told you to do, he takes you to a whole new level. He strengthens you and he renews your spirit. And when he renews your spirit, it'll give you energy to renew your body. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. I'm soaring right now. I'm, I'm at the top of the world. But I recognize there are those three stages, and they are intermittent and intertwined. We just, you're soaring at one moment, but stuff happens. You all know, turn to your neighbor and tell, stuff happens. Stuff happens. So you may be on top of the world right now. You may be soaring like an eagle right now, but stuff happens. Stuff may happen. But I will never lose my hope in the Lord. 
And as long as I don't lose my hope in the Lord, I can deal with it when I have to come down from the eagle's flight and I have to run and I can deal with it when I have to walk. And as long as I have hope in the Lord, as long as I know God is with me, as long as I keep hearing his voice and as long as I keep doing what he tells me to do, I can walk and not get weary. And not getting weary really refers to a spirit, not a physical thing. If I'm out running that head, when I hit that nine-mile mark, I'm going to be, I'm tired. I'm just tired. When I hit the 12-mile mark, I'm real tired. But oddly enough, when I hit the 12-and-a-half-mile mark, I have more energy than I had it the night because I can see the finish line. And when you can see that finish line, it just something just come over you. And when you can see the finish line, when you have the vision of an eagle and you can see the destiny that God has set for you. So some of you, when God has given you a destiny, you keep your eye on the destiny. Don't keep your eye on the devil. And too many of us, we got our eyes on the devil instead of on the destiny. And when you keep your eye on the destiny, it renews your strength and you can soar like an eagle or you can run like a lion or you can walk and not be faint. I thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word. For those who this message was for, or if you know someone who's weary right now who needs to hear this word, go to brothersoftheword.com. You can send this message to them absolutely free of charge. Thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the word. I'm going to ask Pastor James to close us out for today. Amen. We thank Pastor for that message today. And yeah, to be honest, I was a little weary this morning myself. And I, I didn't get into bed till late. And I had to take my wife and daughters to the airport by 6 a.m. this morning. So I had a short night's sleep. So I didn't know he was going to be preaching on being weary. So. Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, with heads bowed right now. And if there's anybody in this place. And, and this message just really hit home with you and touch your heart and you've been either feeling weary mentally or physically and you just need some prayer today to help keep you from fainting or feeling faint so if that's you today we just invite you to come to the altar and we will pray with you Pastor James said he need to get one of us to pray because he was weary himself. <laughs> and and I, I do understand that. I, I, tell, I ain't weary this morning. I feel real good. I've been up. I've been, I did an hour work of workout, but I feel super. So I do feel, I feel great this morning. Sometimes I'm weary, but it's not today. You all said not today. <laughs> not today. Amen. So let's just. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, Father, we pray for strength. We pray for strength. We pray for vision. And we pray for diligence. 
These three things, Father, and when these three things are combined, they shall see a renewed strength and power, and they shall see a renewed results in their life. Strength, vision, and diligence. Father, right now, first, I pray that you give them the vision of what they shall do. Let them know the next step that they shall take. For you often don't show us the finish line, but you will show us the next step. I pray right now, show them the next step. Show them where they need to put their foot, even if that foot is tired, even if the toe has been stomped and the toe is bleeding and hurting. Show them where to put that foot. Show them where to make that next step. And as they make that next step, they'll have the power to make the next step after that and the next step. And even if it's limping, show them the vision of the next step. Father, we then pray for the strength. For even strength without vision can sometimes be destructive because you take that strength, you take that power, and you use it in a way that has no business being used. Vision first, then strength. Father, give them the strength to make step after step after step after step. And as they plant one foot after another foot after another foot, it, it won't be long before they begin to run, dear Father. And even though we cannot physically fly, you have given man the ingenuity for there's some people right here. And there are destinies that they are supposed to go even in other lands and other countries. They're supposed to leave this soil and fly to other places. But they've got to have vision and they've got to have strength. And Father, the third thing we pray right now is we pray for the diligence. For we become distracted and we lose the focus. And we'll let everything in the world take priority over the steps that you have shown us. And we end up walking in wrong paths. It takes diligence to follow the steps that you have ordered for us. And Father, right now, I want to I just breathe over them. I, I was back in the makeup room, and as they, they spray the makeup on, I, I have to hold my breath. And, and I told Lucretia, I can tell my physical condition because when I'm in great shape, I can hold my breath for a long time, and I don't even need to breathe. I feel that way this morning. And maybe it was supernatural that I, I feel so energetic. My breath feels so... Father, I want to just... And my breath is sweet-smelling this morning. Amen. Father, I, I want to... I I want to just breathe strength and endurance over them. Father, let them feel your power. Come into their bodies right now. Come into their minds right now. Come into their spirits right now. Father, they shall not leave this place the way they came. They shall walk with a new step. They shall feel the power. But Father, I pray and I reiterate unto them, first vision. Understand clearly the next step you are supposed to take. The next thing that you are supposed to do. Don't worry about what you're supposed to do next year. It's the next thing that you were supposed to do. And then the next, and then the next. Father, order their steps. Strength, strength. Strength, strength, strength. Fill their cells. Energize their mitochondria. 
And they might not even understand what that means, but you know because you built it. It is the powerhouse of the cell. So even go down to the cellular level and energize them. And let strength rise where there was weakness. And let the weak say, I am strong and diligence. The next step in strength, time after time after time. And they shall stay diligent in your word and in your way. And like the eye of the eagle that has that eyelid that comes and wipes away the dust and the dirt and the things of the world that would blur their vision, wipe it away and tell them clearly, my child, this is not the vision I have shown for you. You go this path. This is your step. Vision, strength, diligence. In the name of Jesus, and so it is. Amen. Amen. And I believe it was truly meant for pastor to pray over you all this morning. So they may have had me sleeping so that he could breathe on you all this morning. I don't think I would have breathed on you. <laughs> Amen. All right, well, you all can stand to your feet and amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you even just for the prophetic word that we are in a different season of favor, oh Lord. We just speak favor over your people, oh Lord, in their families, in their minds, in their bodies, oh Lord, in their finances, their spiritual life, oh Lord, on their jobs, in their businesses, oh Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your divine favor, oh Father. And we thank you, Lord, for just renewing our strength today, oh Lord. Thank you, Lord, for in times, oh Lord, when we didn't think we could go on, oh Lord, we thank you for your breath, oh Lord, of a second wind today, oh Father. We thank you, Lord, for your vision, oh Lord, your strength, oh Father. We thank you for showing us what's next, oh Lord, and helping us to make that step, oh Lord. We thank you, Lord, for just ordering our steps, oh Father. Thank you, Father, for just who you are unto us, oh Father. We love you. We praise you this day. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen. You are listening to BrothersOfTheWord.com. This was the message titled, Don't Get Weary, by Nathaniel Bronner. This message is number 5837. That's 5837. To listen to over a thousand free messages or to send this message number 5837 to a friend, go to BrothersOfTheWord.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive. Com. Listen to brothers of the word.com often because brother you need the word. Oh, brothers of the word.